Welcome to the Restore Body Balance podcast, where we combine psychology, biology, and neurology to enact life changes that stick. I'm Colleen Burns, licensed psychotherapist and founder of Restore Body Balance. My co-producer, Nico Utanis, has given me free reign in the upcoming weeks to have a series on energy, and we will invite guests to our podcast to give a greater depth in our learning and on topics you want to hear most of in the fall of 2020. Today's topic is part three of four in a series on energy, what it really is, how we can harness more of it, and live happier, more resilient lives, especially in our current climate where we are all wired but tired. Based on the latest research in neuroscience, there is a new definition of what work-life balance truly is. And it turns out it's a combination of better health, both mental and physical, a satisfying personal life, and what we consider to be living a successful professional career. Take a look at companies like Google, Apple, and Big Pharma and Tech. These days, it's not about dressing to the nines in a suit and tie, heels and blazers. It's couches, meditation rooms, yoga, in-house massages, and yes, even napping areas. And these new norms are based on the idea of having happy, relaxed employees, which yields more energy and thus more productivity. Now, not all of us are lucky enough to have these ideal work situations. And let's face it, today we are just all struggling to find a quiet space for work, school, or even just a phone call not to mention to feel more alive or sometimes more alone. So how can we create this freedom and flexibility for ourselves? It is the concept of working smarter and not harder. And to find out where we can flourish, if not professionally, but personally. This morning I opened my inbox and found the latest newsletter from Bon Appetit's online magazine called Healthyish. And I need to share this with you verbatim, as it literally was written for me this Sunday morning, kale and all. Associate editor Christina Chehi wrote this quote In an attempt to stave off quarantine boredom, shave a few bucks off my monthly grocery bill, and use up the growing stockpile of dried beans in my pantry, I gave myself a cooking challenge for the month of November. The idea was to cook all my meals using only pantry staples, condiments, and a modest amount of fresh produce. I reorganized and relabeled everything in my pantry and made a list of all the recipes I wanted to cook. And then this week happened, and my plans for eating nothing but lentils, oats, and eggs galore promptly went to shit. I ordered takeout multiple days in a row, living in a blur of anxiety, carbs, the news, stress, and more carbs. When I did cook, I barely did more than heat up a tortilla and melt a blanket of cheese on top. 
There's a mountain of kale in my fridge that I can't bear to look at, much less cook, and I know it is dying a slow, wilty death. Instead of guilting myself for letting the kale go bad or stressing out about spending money on takeout, I'm trying to give myself a pass on life this week. Since this whole thing began, I've noticed I often try to uphold my pre-pandemic standards of cooking, living, working, and being. I have to fight to remember that this nonstop pace of life is no longer realistic in a world where compounded stress, anxiety, and fear of the unknown are the new normal. And as someone who uses cooking and diet as a means of coping with anxiety and creating order from chaos, I am trying my damnedest to convince myself that when my food plans don't work out, that doesn't mean I've failed. It just means I needed to go in a different direction. And that's okay. So about all that ill-fated November pantry challenge, I've scrapped that plan and at least in its original form or iteration. I'm going to try and cook out my pantry when I can, and more on that of how it's going next time. But I won't try and force it on the days where all I want is kawasoi from my favorite Thai spot. The only plan I have is to stress less. I hope you give yourself a pass too. Christina Chahi, Associate Editor. Wow, not only did this speak to me, it echoed all of what I heard this week in my practice. So let's embrace our new norm, personally and professionally. One that is flexible and allows for healthy, balanced ways of living. So that is my number one recommendation for harnessing more energy in this podcast. Stress less. Remember that allostatic loading on the body I always speak of, or we call them intentional units? I think we mentioned that last week. As we drain our battery, we need to recharge it. And we can throughout the day, believe it or not. If you catch yourself feeling guilty or feeling like you're being lazy, just remember at these times, we simply need to listen to our body. If you are tired, rest. If you are mentally fatigued, take a break and stop the guilt for once and for all. Picture an empty jar, listeners. Then, each time you stress, feel guilty, worry, you add a marble to that jar. Some days it might be filled by 9 a.m. But each deep breath, each moment of gratitude, each pause in mindfulness, you take a marble out. Let's not forget that even on our least productive days, we need to give ourselves gentle, loving kindness. Life is fraught with disappointment, challenges, and adversity. But this can also open us up to a world of possibilities if we stop, look, and listen. Number two, okay. So on my list of harnessing more energy, let's look at alone time versus togetherness. For some of us, recharging our batteries means a time out, 
time away from work, colleagues, maybe even family and friends. And this doesn't mean sitting in a contemplative silence either. It could just be something simple like a walk, a shower or bath, reading a book. <laughs> Heck, I still love flipping through magazines. I'm old school. And even the power of journaling, which is why I have a journal at the back of my book, Prescription for Change, Using Your Lifestyle as Medicine. There are several studies that support the art and science beyond just journaling. Some major long-term benefits have included decreased blood pressure, strengthened immune system, and even better lung capacity. My book was designed to be by your bedside such that you would see it and write in it two times a day, morning and night. The concept of bookending. Sometimes just writing your thoughts gets them out of your head and heart and onto something private and safe, like a journal. Other ideas can be mindful cooking, cleaning, eating, sipping coffee or tea, and remember those five senses, listeners, sight, sound, smell, taste, and touch, even listening to music. I mentioned in a previous podcast, I completely forgot how much I enjoy listening to the radio and singing on my way to and from work, but now that's all gone since working from home, and I don't get that escape or <laughs> guilty pleasure of belting out some 80s pop rock. So I bought some portable speakers for my office and kitchen, and now I literally dance while emptying the dishwasher or sometimes sing to Lucille. And numerous studies have shown that playing music or a musical instrument stimulates oxytocin and dopamine, those little feel-good hormones. It also strengthens memory, increases blood flow, and thus oxygen and nutrients to the brain, gut, and heart. Basically, it improves your overall sense of well-being. And establishing some alone time might require you to say something like no thank you to an invitation or to set boundaries with friends and family. With no after guilt listeners, and as I've said before, I write and record my podcast on Sundays. It's tough to lock myself away on a day off, but I work best when not interrupted. So I draw a line in the sand and my children know mom is working. However, my dog Lucille is allowed to come in as I also need company. And speaking of oxytocin, petting an animal also releases oxytocin and she's always at my side. So if you are more of a solitude type, then own it unapologetically. It can have a profound impact on your confidence and happiness as you own your own space. Moving on, number three, do not underestimate the power of habits. Remember, you did not truly learn to tie your shoes or type on a keyboard. Your brain just said, hey, you do that every day, so let me just habituate it for you so you can free yourself up for more important tasks. It is like programming your brain. So set small goals and just practice each one every day. And again, that's also the premise of my program at Restore Body Balance. 
each week builds on itself and I call them identity shifts. And it's again, using the power of the habituated brain. So whether you're looking to build a better body or a better brain, you become stronger and stronger each day you repeat a habit. And you have that quote unquote reserve also available, not just when you're meditating or being mindful or actually working out. It is also there to buffer stress in a time of need. And that's the power of resilience, which we will talk about next week, closing our series on energy. But getting back to habits for energy, remember start small. You do need to connect with nature on a daily basis. I know I do. But instead of having to drive to the woods for a hike or a walk, you simply can just go outside. Try my five senses challenge where you go out and you try to see, smell, hear, touch, and taste. Or maybe just right in your own home. Or what we mentioned last week with the Roy G. Biv, the colors of the spectrum of the rainbow. Perhaps buy some plants or even better yet, plant some seeds and watch them grow. Tend to a garden. Give yourself some purpose for caring. And if you want to start an exercise routine, well, again, you don't have to run five miles. Sometimes just moving and stretching or even some chair yoga. You can find this all online, especially at the Benson Henry Institute. They have all of their programs like this on YouTube. These little habits and gains will eventually have a compounding effect. I know I practice down dog with Lucille and just take a break to pet her. Sometimes we just stretch together when I've been sitting too long. Did you ever notice your cat or dog stretch when they got up or down? They know a lot more than we do about taking care of their bodies. Or take that concept of crowding out we mentioned. It's from my integrative health coaching education I received at the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. Instead of restricting food or dieting, just add a piece of fruit or vegetable to your next meal. You'll get more bang from your buck. Naturally crowding out on healthy foods for those healthier options. As I say in my book, reduce it to the ridiculous. And check out my favorites page on my website for fun, easy ways to add more, but stress less. Products like Hama Microgreens Kit that you literally can grow in your kitchen, Hello Core Meditation Trainer, which is a handheld breathing and meditation tool with a downloadable app, or even a eight-week yoga retreat by Beachbody. It's only 20 minutes a day. Or cooking books like One Pan Wonders by America's Test Kitchen and Fast Food Good Food by Dr. Andrew Weil, and many more. So lastly, and number four, energy needs to be generated, right? If I get a girl's night out with my friends, believe you me, I can whip up a four-course meal for my family in 20 minutes flat. That's motivation, and it's what I need to get my reward. So let's look at time versus energy. Invest in yourself, and you will receive a very strong return on your investment. 
all these self-care activities will have such a big payoff in the end and really forever. It's cumulative. Remember my glass full analogy? Every little drop, there's a spillover. But we can get that glass even a quarter of the way down and we can handle those extra little drops when we antidote stress. And we know life is all about throwing those curveballs. So let's get that glass down. And these small changes can make a big difference. I know when daylight savings hit, I noticed my home office was very dark and with very little natural lighting. So I moved to another room in my house. It's not ideal and it's certainly not an office per se, but I can see the trees, the sky, and the birds. It's a very small change, but because I'm on a different floor, just a little higher up, I get natural lighting later in the day. It truly helps my energy levels, not to mention how important sunshine is. Remember as the sun goes down, so do we. Harken back to those circadian rhythms. And for those listeners that missed that podcast, that's how we create more energy. Or go to the one on the science of sleep. And it's the same for play. And this could be singing like me, dancing, or just stepping away from a task to just breathe. I know I've been suggesting to some clients to use a facial mister or spray. Many, again, are on my favorites page on my website, www.RestoreBodyBalance.com. Or you can even make your own essential oils, like my friend Miriam. She's gifted them to me many times. Scents like sandalwood and cedarwood oils that are grounding to help you feel stronger and more at ease. Feelings of self-confidence and self-esteem are naturally drawn out. Sage and rosemary promote mental clarity, focus, and action. Lavender and chamomile essential oils are, of course, calming, restorative, and support the nervous system and promote deep sleep. Citrus oils like orange and grapefruit boost mood and energy and leaves you with a feeling of happiness. This simple act of just gently misting your surroundings or your face or just standing up and transitioning from your role as a mom, dad, sister, accountant, assistant, you know, whatever your role is, most of us, let's not forget, are spending a great deal of time in our bedrooms, apartments, or houses. So make a mental transition or take a physical break with this little habituated habit. Just keep it next to your computer on your desk or wherever you happen to be. I tell my clients, if I was to ask you to switch your shampoo in your shower from let's say the top right to the bottom left each day, you would step into the shower, the water would hit your face and you would automatically reach up into the right and then chuckle. Oh darn, Colleen had me change it. And then the next day, you would go into the shower, the water will hit your face, and again, you'll reach up to the right. And maybe swear at me this time. Damn, Colleen. But you see where I'm going with this. In a few days time, 
You'll step into the shower, the water will hit your face, and you will automatically reach down and to the left. That's the Pavlovian response, and that's the habituated brain. So small steps, listeners, but big payoffs. And as our clocks turn back and the weather here in the Northeast gets colder, don't hibernate. Embrace it. Buy warmer clothes. Support local businesses during our pandemic. Don't let the temperatures and weather zap your energy. Learn something fun and new to antidote stress. And remember, we are all in this together. So whether it's spending time alone or meeting up with a friend, take some time right now. Just jot down some ideas while they're fresh or type them into your note section of your phone. How can you harness more energy? Whether it's more sleep, fresh air, a cozy blanket and a book, or fueling your body with the essential nutrients it needs to run more efficiently. Even during these stressful times, we need to support one another and ourselves. And speaking of together, try pairing up with a buddy or a friend to help you achieve your goals or reach out to me at www.RestoreBodyBalance.com. And if you want to hear more on the Book for Change, find out more about my programs, simply just submit an inquiry on the contact page. And be sure to click the subscribe button to hear more episodes on my unique approach of combining the psychology of the mind, the biology of the body, and the neurology of the beautiful habituated brain to enact life changes that stick. Take care and stay safe, everyone.